try to get them just to do two songs so uh what was that first one I sent you I'm gonna see Victor
thirst for you the dry and the barren What's the up? flower and bloom you're the sun that's shining you restore my soul the deeper you call us oh the deeper we'll go we will sing a new song Is yours on, like totally, on the top?
to the United Pentecostal Church Wednesday evening midweek service. It is great to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm excited about the things that's going to happen here tonight. We uh, we have a few announcements tonight. Uh, on January the 21st, uh, Journey is getting together at the Family Life Center from 6 to 8. And January the 29th is our monthly mission pledge due. Uh, the Youth Strawberry Fundraiser, the orders are due by February the 8th. Online registration for Ladies Joy, Con Joy Conference is open. Also, there will be a memorial this Saturday at 2 p.m. for Michael Bell. Uh, he passed away on December the 28th. That's Brother David Bell's brother and my uncle. So, uh there will be a, a memorial here on Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, we're going to go in to a prayer request. We need to continue to pray for Sister Renee Flowers, uh, Brother Manuel, Marti Manuel Martinez. Uh, he broke his collarbone. He needs a definite touch of God. There's a two-year-old in Dallas on a ventilator uh, that really, I think Sister Nell Fleming sending this prayer request uh, but he this two year old really needs a touch of God he did get wow. off of the ventilator praise God uh, Sister Carolyn Clark needs a healing Sister Joanne Fryer Rose Stanfield Amy Thompson Ryan Williams Lanita Leonard Bryce May, Dickie Ewing, Mildred Maxwell, Alex Stevens, Lois Weems, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gambary, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, brother and sister Trinata, George and Mildred Pratt, Nelson and Missy Miller, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Loretta Edwards, brother and sister Bristow, brother and sister Proctor. We need to continue to pray for our nation's leaders, the nation of Israel, all of our nation's leaders, local, uh, statewide, and countrywide. We need to definitely just keep our country lifted up in prayer because God answers prayers, and he hears the prayers of his church. And it may not be answered the way we want it to be answered, but my thinking is it's his will. If something happens, it's God's will. It may not be Jeff's will, but if, if the president does something that I don't like, that's God's will because God's allowing that to happen and we just need to keep them lifted up in prayer. If you have a need in your body tonight, uh, if you want to come down to the front, we will uh, anoint you with oil and we will pray for you. Also, I have a victory report. I don't know if it's really been out yet, but Sister Alicia Lester uh, sent me and Vicki a text the other night saying that Brooklyn, they took her to the hospital Monday and that her heart function was normal and her heart growth was normal. That's what our God can do. Yes. So if you want to stand tonight, if if we get ready to go into prayer, and uh, if you have a need, we'll just uh, take it before the Lord right now. Lord, you've heard every need that was read before you tonight, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over these people, God. I pray that you would touch that two-year-old that's laying over there in the hospital tonight, God. Give it strength, Lord, be with his family tonight, God. Stir up the gift inside of them. Touch Brother Proctor tonight. 
may be seated. Is he all that you need? You are worthy. Is Jesus everything that we need in our lives? You know, the enemy would do nothing, like nothing more than to steal your victory. He would like nothing more than to steal your praise. You know, Lucifer, he had it made up in heaven. He was the lead worship angel up there. And he knows what sacrifice and what he lost whenever he got cast down into that fiery furnace. So the first thing he wants to do is rob us of our praise and our worship from our God. We've got to worship God in a spirit and in a truth that we've got to put the devil behind us. We can't let this this flesh get in our way. And many times, today, any day, any day of the week, I could say, man, this job, this whatever's going on, coming home from work today, check engine light comes on in the truck. I mean, just <laughs> things right. just start stacking up against me on things that I'm fixing to have to battle. But the enemy, he's going to do whatever he can to destroy our faith in God, our worship in God, and we've got to put him behind us. The Bible says, get ye behind me, Satan. And that's what we've got to do as a people is put that devil behind us. So we're going to get ready to take up our offering if the ushers would get ready to come. Uh, I can't help but think the other day I was traveling. I don't know where I was going, but I was watching my GPS in my car, and it, it shows the speed limit. And if I go over the speed limit, it shows it, it, it lights up red, so my wife knows that I'm speeding. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... Every time the speed limit on the highway would change, it would change on the GPS. And I'm thinking, if man can do that in a car, does God not know where we're at at all times in our life? Does God not know where we're going through at all times in our life? If man can put that in a GPS, God knows exactly what we're going through tonight. So as ushers get ready to take up the offering, Lord, we're thankful for this evening tonight, God. We're thankful for this opportunity to give back to you, Lord. You give to us each and every day, God. I pray that you would bless this offering. I pray that you would bless those that have to give and those that do not. Bless it to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to my God. I'm going to see my victory. I'm going to see a victory.
privilege to hear a man that when he does something, he just doesn't halfway do it. He goes way over and beyond than what I would do. I drive by his house and I see him out there working in his yard and he puts a water level on his yard to make sure his yard is level. I put Roundup on my yard. He, puts, he marks his fishing string line at a certain depth so he knows how deep his line is in the water. I did catch on to that trick. I will, I will follow in that route. But for this, when I look up to people, I look up to Brother Jerry because the way that he lives his life, the things that he does, I really appreciate that. And I try to instill some of it. I tell you, I throw the bad out like water level in the yard. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer for me. But these other stuff, whenever, whenever I see him study the word and whenever he talks to me about the word, my ears perk up because I'm going to listen because I know that the, the same detail that he pays attention to his yard or to whether he's fishing or whether he's building a little gadget to roll up my anchor rope for me to put in my boat, uh, I know that he's going to do the same thing whenever he studies the word to bring a message. So if you want to stand, we're going to welcome Brother Jerry Newberry to this pulpit tonight. I do overdo it. You know, I was a machinist for 15 years, and they'll run you. You work in four decimal, cutting a piece of metal four ten thousandths, and you mess it up, it's scrap. So, you know, I had to watch it. That bleeds over and other things. I, I appreciate the privilege to, y'all can be seated. I appreciate the privilege to be here tonight. Uh, actually, the message that that uh, I'm going to talk about. I've had it for a couple of years. I just hadn't really fine-tuned it. Brother Meyer had to visit some family and stuff, and so hopefully the last couple of days I've I've ironed it out pretty good. But if I mess up, I'm going to do like my son-in-law on this computer stuff. I'm just going to either reboot, unplug it, plug it back in, you know, go to another page. You just keep pushing enough buttons, you'll finally get somewhere. And so if I mess up, I'll just start over. I'd like to say before we get started, though, that I appreciate my wife. She has helped me so much, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. But anyway, y'all don't get on to me. I didn't hit her upside the head or in the jaw and make her bruise on her. She she fell over to her mother's house and in a tire. She got retired. She just retired. She fell in a tire and got retired, and it kind of bunged her chin up. But I would like for her to just stand up and say something. And since, you know, I wouldn't be near where I'm at if it wasn't for her. Are you sure?
Okay, y'all know me, and I know y'all. Y'all know my wife, so I'm going to get right into the Word of God, and hopefully I can get through this thing, and I feel it. I've, I've been looking forward to this last couple of days. Uh, you'll notice up here, Brother Darren's going to put me up here. The name of this message that I've come up with is called A Consuming Fire Will Come With True Sacrifice. God always comes through if you're really serious and you bring it to the altar and the altar doesn't necessarily have to be up here. Sometimes it needs to be, but it can be anywhere in your life. The first scripture uh, that I'm going to read in my text is in 1 Kings 18, verse 1 and 2. So it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was sore fam- famine in Samaria. In this setting, it had not rained for three and a half years. We complain about two or three months, no rain. I can't imagine. Brother Jackie, what would it be like down there on that Red River if you've been in a farming business? Can you even fathom what it would be like for rain for, no, for three years? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be pretty rough. So at this time of the first of this scripture, it's talking about a famine. And then the second verse verses that I want him to put up there is in the same chapter, we're going to be talking about First uh, Kings 18. is verse 31 through 35. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, and into, into whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And 32, And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. He didn't just do it once. He poured water on it again. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. Still ain't wet enough. Do it again. So they done it the third time. And the water ran about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. That's pretty wet to be starting fire, if you ask me. I know as things, uh, we don't build fires that way. But have you ever noticed God don't work like we work or think? We have to wait and figure it out. Sometimes it's very confusing, and that would have been very confusing. If I was to fix it to compete with some other bunch of people, the prophets of Baal, and they're going to have a fire, and I'm going to have a fire, and I'm going to go pour water on mine, that ain't what I, I can't imagine what the children of Israel are thinking. What has he done? Has he lost his mind? So, As we get going in this chapter, it starts about Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his his house. 
And Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. There were 13 Obadiahs in the Bible. I kind of studied this out a little bit. And most, they were all good, good men. They were different ones. And the word Obadiah means worshiper of the Yahoo, of the God of the Israelites. Did you hear what I said? He didn't say, woo He said, Yahoo. Obadiah was a worshiper. And we know as apostolics, Pentecostals, he inhabits the praises of his people. Now, whether our flesh wants to do it or not, that's another thing. We have to constantly wring that out. In Hebrew, that was the God of the Old Testament. That was the first time God talks about the word Yahoo, the Yahoo, however you say it. I may be saying it wrong. Was at the burning bush. It was in Exodus 3, 13 through 14. And he told Moses, I am that I am. Now, I want to go back to verse 5 and just kind of paraphrase here on what happens in this setting in chapter 18. Ahab was Obadiah's master. But Obadiah served the Lord and was very, very reverent to the Lord. But there's one thing that Obadiah knew that Ahab didn't. And that was when Jezebel killed the 100, was, killed some of the prophets. Obadiah had 100 of them. And he took 50 in one cave and 50 in another cave and he hid them. He hid them from Ahab, and all, Jezebel, and all the rest of them that was trying to kill them. So... As this story goes on, Ahab uh, said, man, we got a problem here. We ain't got no water. We're talking about our horses, our cows, and everything's fixing to die. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to go one way, and I'm going to go another way. And you see if you can't find some grass some springs or something you know so we won't these animals won't die because they're going to and as, as uh, this happens it goes on and Ahab gets down to I believe it's in verse uh, He goes on his way. Well, you remember Elijah said, I'm going to go see Ahab. So while Obadiah and Ahab are going their separate ways, Obadiah runs into Elijah. And Obadiah says, Elijah tells him, says, Hey, 
I'll tell you what I want to do. I want you to go back and tell Ahab that you've seen me and I want to talk to you. Well, immediately, Obadiah gets scared. You know why? Because he knows that he hid those prophets. Plus, you got to remember, Ahab had been looking for Elijah because he blamed Elijah for the prayer and the drought. You know, he, he, it was his fault. It said, Obadiah told uh, Ahab, said, man, he, what's going to happen here is he told uh, Elijah, if I go back and tell Ahab that I seen you and you don't show up, what do you think he's going to do to me? You know, I, I don't know. He said, because I don't know by the Spirit of the Lord, I don't know where you're going to end up at. And if I go back and tell him that you're here and then you don't show up, then he's going to say, why'd you let him get away for? That's pretty simple right there. So it goes on, and uh, he says, I, or it, Elijah told him, he said, now you got my word. He said, this day, I'm going to go see Ahab. You tell him. You tell him where I'm at, and, I, and, I, and you don't have to worry about it because I'll be there when he show up. So as we go on through this story, Ahab goes to meet Elijah. And this is what he tells him. This, this, I mean, this is a guy that Ahab has waited and waited to get his hands on him. And all I want to do is find him, and then I'm going to let him have him. And the first thing he says to him when he walks up, he said, you cause trouble in my land. You cause me a lot of trouble. And you know, that's what the devil does. He tries to intimidate us. But you know what Elijah did? He said, oh, no, you got it all wrong, buddy. You got it all wrong. You're the one causing trouble. So they get into a little argument, I'm sure. It don't go into detail what they said, but he said, you have turned to wicked ways and have defiled the Lord God. And you, were, you have not done the commandments. You're the one causing trouble. So I'm sure they jawed a little bit, argued some more, and the next thing that happens is Elijah says, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just have a little showdown. We'll just get it all right there on the table. The Bible says you're either for me or against me. You're either on the Lord's side or you're on Baal's side. There, there's no in between. And there's really not when we get right down to it. So he says, let's just tell everybody to meet down here at Mount Carmel. And you bring all your Baal's prophets, 450. Not only that, Jezebel's kind of in on this too. The ones that sit around her table, 400 more come with them. So you got 850 people against one guy. 
That's worse odds than Gideon had that Brother Meyer's been talking about. You know, at least he had 300 buddies. <laughs> Poor old Elijah. And you can't say that the children of Israel was on Elijah's side because it doesn't say that. It just says we're going we're gonna to have a, an argument over, over which opinion, who's right. Who is the Lord God Almighty and who, who can, is a prophet of Baal? Are they, the, are they the powerful ones? Or is it the Lord God? So Ahab, he thinks about it. And as they go on and they get ready for this, they're going to sacrifice. I tell you how, you know, the Lord, he even gives a devil, a, he gives them a head start or spot him. Like if you have a race and you spot somebody, so I'll tell you what I'll do. We're going to get two bulls. And since there's so many of y'all, ain't one of me, said, y'all just pick the, first, y'all pick the bull out. I'll take, I'll take the other one. I don't care which one you pick. You can pick that one or this one. And I'll take the other one. So, oh, uh, Elijah, he knows he's got God on his side for one thing. And they go on, and the, and the Baal's prophets, they go first. They pick a bull out. And he tells them, he says, hey, tell you something else. You go ahead and build your altar over there. Get everything ready. Put all your wood on it. We'll kill these bulls. And we'll put that meat on that wood. And we'll get this fire ready. But don't you dare light it. Leave it alone. I'll do the same thing. Y'all, y'all are going first. Y'all going to do all this. Well, we'll go to verse. No, I don't. I almost skipped that far. Anyway, to make a long story short, Elijah says, we're going to see the reason we ain't going to light it is whoever God lights that fire is going to be the real God. And we're going to have this challenge and all these people around us will worship the one true God. Is that a deal? He said, that's fair enough. They all the rest of them said, that's fair enough. So they get, get everything ready. And as they do this, have you ever noticed God chooses things that we don't even think will work? But he does it anyway. If we'll just do it and wait. You know, he, he does those things in our lives, every one of us. There are situations you have, whether it's here, work, anywhere. You take a situation and you think it is just absolutely not going to work that way. And something stops it because the Lord makes it happen. And you go another route, you go another road, you do it. You meet somebody else, you get another job, you do this, you do that. And in the end, 
the, the Lord works it out for us. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27. For you say your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. He's got it in his word, and I promise you, them people did not know what in the world Elijah was doing pouring water all over that wood. There's no way. They go ahead. And they start their fire. Or they start their sacrifice. They get out there. They get to hooping and hollering and jumping up and down on the altar. They do everything they can, and it gets lunchtime. And all of a sudden, they still ain't nothing happening. Well, Elijah, Elijah he's, getting, he's starting to enjoy it now. He said, what, what's going on, y'all? Y'all, is he asleep? Where's your God at? Is he uh, taking a nap? Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he ain't paying no attention to y'all. So after noon... They start doing even more things. They start cutting themselves. Does that sound like a world today? There's people that they literally do that. They, they start cutting themselves, bleeding, crying out loud, doing more stuff, hollering and, and carrying on. And at the end of the evening, that fire still wasn't, wasn't lit. Nothing happened. It says there was not even a voice. You know, sometimes the Lord, he comes his anger in a fire. Isaiah 30 and 27. You have Isaiah 30 and 27. Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue is as of a devouring fire. A devouring fire or a consuming fire is something that burns it all up. There ain't nothing left. And that's what God will do with our problems if we will put it on the altar when he does light it. As uh, Deuteronomy 4 23 and 24. Take heed unto yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. So it makes a difference to him what you do. It makes a difference to him what you do with your life. It makes a difference to him who you're, who you're worshiping. And he's going to be a jealous God. 
And he can use fire in a good way, and he can use fire in a bad way. On this story, as they do all of this, and then they get down to their part and nothing happens, I want to do some scriptures before I get to what Elijah does. It says, Sacrifice your life to him, and he will bring a consuming fire to burn out and help you get through anything that comes your way. You say, How and why? The perfect will of God, Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, back in that Old Testament, they'd done it like what I'm talking about. But in this New Testament, we've got this Holy Ghost, and Jesus came and died for us. He said, your reasonable service. What is reasonable? Is it worship? Is it praise? Is it sacrifice? Obey? Finances? Lord, I just don't feel like worshiping tonight. I really don't. I want to tell you something. In love. You can't build your little bonfire back there in your pew and light the fire back there and think it's going to work like that. You got to get up. You got to come down here to this altar. And you know, God didn't build, he didn't get the sacrifice ready. Elijah got the sacrifice ready. He got the wood, he got the meat, he got it all. And he brought it right down here. That's all God's asking you to do. And then when he got down there, when you get down here from that, God will light the fire. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about fire in the Holy Ghost. The fire which he represents all through the Bible shut up in the, like in, shut up in the bones. The fire of the Spirit. So as we come down here, we don't expect him to go get the wood. We don't expect him to do all, all that. He don't, he don't expect us to do anything but bring it down here and get it ready. He's just waiting. He's just waiting every service. Whatever your problem is, you get down here, and sometimes I know we can't. You have to stay in your pew, and that's okay. But spiritually, you better be getting the wood ready. And you better be getting everything ready for God to come down and ignite that thing. Because fire comes from above. We know what's down here. There's nothing down here but the enemy. It's better to obey than sacrifice. We all know that. Let's look at 1 Samuel 15 and 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than fat of rams. And you know, I asked God to help me on this lesson. And I found out why God put those two words in the same sentence. 
and the same verse. And if you don't remember anything else tonight, but what I'm going to say right now, that's okay. Sometimes you have to sacrifice to obey. You know, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Well, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Uh, I can't do that. I, I need to go do that. And we make sacrifices of time. It ain't just money. Man, If I tell you what, if all this other stuff of beating this flesh up and conquering the flesh was as easy as giving tithes, it'd be a breeze. Hey, Jethro Bodine on the hillbillies can figure that. Naught plus naught equals naught. Okay? Just move that decimal over 10%. Pay it, man, you're done. If you don't make nothing, you don't pay nothing. That's the simplest thing, one of the easiest commandments that we can do. But yet sometimes, I don't know if I can do that this week. It don't work that way. You, you give it to God first, and then all that other stuff, all that, uh, what did I say, uh, worship, praise, that flesh don't want to get out of that aisle, out of that aisle in the aisle, out of that seat. You don't want to spend time doing some things when you could be doing other things. So it's a sacrifice. God can start a fire the way we humans put one out. We use water to put a fire out. We don't go like we don't go pour water all over something we're fixing to burn. But God can do right the opposite. That's how crazy and just like that scripture while it goes says the foolishness. Confounds the wise. Brother Ronnie, you remember one of the Boy Scouts? I can remember this myself. They'd get a fire going and they taught all kinds of stuff about, boy, when you're through with that fire, boy, whatever you do, what they do, they go out there and they'll water that thing down. Then they'll stir it, get that shovel, drag it around. They'll put more water on it. They'll do it. They see any smoke. They'll go out there and wait a while, put some more water on it. Before they leave where they're at, they make sure that there's no smoke. There's no nothing. That's the way we, we do fire. We don't pour water on them when we're going to make one. Brother Jeff, we don't, we don't go soak that wood out there for that smoker and get it all good and wet before we try to go cook a brisket. But God took up. A weird situation. And Elijah had that much faith in God and poured all that water three times. I tried to, I think it said uh, that two seeds or whatever it was was like three gallons of water. Well, any water is bad for starting fire. So I'm going to go back to verse 36. Back to the story of uh, where we started from. And I'm just going to read it. And it came to pass at the time of the offering. It's Elijah's turn now. Show's going to start. There's been a dead, dead concert. It was an awful show. That Baal put on. Everybody kept waiting for something to happen. You ever been somewhere like that? Bought tickets and you thought, well, I can't believe I paid for this. 
I've wasted my money. But Elijah's fixing, fixing to do his thing. That Elijah the prophet came near. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things that thou wert. He says, Hear me, O Lord, and hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire fell and consumed the burnt off, the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones. It even burnt the rocks up. That fire was hot. And the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trenches. Okay? And where did it come? From above. Like I said a while ago, we know what's down here. So anything you get from the Holy Ghost and fire, it's going to come from above. Everything that's walking around down here, it, it's probably not going to be God. Whatever you're trying, whatever they're trying to tell you. So as we go on through that, at the end of this thing, first thing Elijah says, "Okay, the people's going to serve God." They said at the end that this is the one true God. And that's who we're going to worship. And Elijah says, go get them prophets. And they chased them down. He said, don't let one of them get away. And they killed every one of them. And as Elijah went on, at the very next chapter, Elijah starts another trial in 19. Because the very first thing that happens, Ahab runs and tells Jezebel what, you know, what happened. That's just the way the devil works in you. As soon as you get out of something, boy, they start planning for the next move. And here it comes. But Elijah knew who his God was. You know, there's going to be a consuming fire one day. The Lord started with water, but he's going to end with fire. Let's read Second Peter 3, 10 and 12. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We've been hearing that a lot here lately. Wondering if it's ever going to come, but it will. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be in all holy, holy conversation and godliness? In verse 12. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. God's going to bring fire down. Sometimes it's for a good thing. 
Sometimes it's for a bad. And one of these days it's going to be for the end. I just tried to share this story with you. I, I know what really intrigued me about this story was that Elijah went out there and poured water on that wood. How crazy that sounds. That even something that far out and done it three times because he wanted to really show them prophets who's running the show. And he did. And I, I, I tell you, there's many other things through the Bible about a consuming fire. Like I said a while ago, if you've got something really bothering you, something you can't, you just cannot get through it, whatever it is, health-wise, financial, just, I don't, family, whatever, work. If you'll build the altar and you bring it to God and you get all the pieces, you know, together spiritually, it may not be wood, but whatever you got to lay down, whatever you got to pick up, whatever you got to stack up, and you get it together, and then you finally tell the Lord, this is all I can do, God. All I can do is bring you this sacrifice. He will come down and he will consume every one of those problems and burn every stick out of it. And he will help you through that. I told uh, Brother Darren, I said, this won't be long. So y'all can stand. Musicians can come. Brother Jeff, you can come back up here. Lead the service. Let's give Brother Jerry a hand clap. It's not easy doing what he's doing, getting up here and feeding us the word of God in that depth as I sit there there used to be a song that uh, brother Philip and I listened to on the way to prison is uh, I don't know the name of it I don't know the names of any songs I just know the lyrics but it says you provide the fire and I'll provide the sacrifice and many times before we walked in there God provided the fire for us and all we was doing was just sacrificing our time and our availability to do God's work. It's not because we was anything special. Uh, I'm going to open up these altars tonight. If you have anything that you want to come down here and, and lay down on this altar tonight as a sacrifice. I mean, I can always think of something that I've got to give away from myself to give to God. Because I, I consume way too many things inside of me to where I think, well, I can handle this, I can do this, but really I can't. That's just the, my flesh and the enemy is telling me, yeah, you got this. And he's trying to make me not be as dependent on God as I really need to be. So these altars are open tonight.
Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for this word that we heard tonight, God. I pray that you would open up our hearts, our minds, and our ears, Lord. Let us ponder on this word for the days, for the weeks to come tonight, God. Lord, stir up a fire inside of us, Lord. Stir up a gift inside of us, Lord. Lord, don't let us hold anything back from worshiping you. Don't let us hold anything back from drawing ourselves closer to you. God, we need more of you and less of us, God. We need to be a light to this city. We need to be a light to our community. We need to be a light to our co-workers, God. You stir us up, Lord, and just use us in a mighty way, God. Every burden, every This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I live town. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you Break down the walls of all my religion. Is. 
ready to dismiss, let's remember Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Saturday evening prayer service at 6 o'clock. Thank Brother Griffith. Are we still on for Revelations? He's doing an in-depth study on Revelations, 6 o'clock, Saturday evening here. Uh, you're more than welcome to leave if you want to just stand around and worship. Feel free to stand up and worship. Lord, we're thankful for this evening. Lord, we're thankful for the word that we heard tonight. God, I pray that you would touch Brother Jerry. Lord, I just pray that you would give him strength for every battle that he's going to face for bringing us your word tonight, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity tonight, Lord, to hear your word, to hear your truth tonight, God. I just ask that you would go with these people as they go, God. Keep them safe and keep them protected until we meet again. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Here.